Welcome to the NS North podcast. My name is Philip Kaskrain, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Dan Byers. How are you, Dan? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great. And I have an important thing to note. We are teaming up with our friends from Toronto's The Working Group for a very special event called the NerdLearn. The Working Group puts on a few of these a year, and they are a great way to meet new friends and talk shop for an evening. A special panel of speakers will be there to drive the conversation. For the next NerdLearn, it's all about the Apple Watch. You'll be able to hear our panelists' perspective on what it's like developing and designing for the watch, the impact on their businesses, and whether or not you need to be planning for it. The panel currently consists of Brian Gilham of The Working Group, Mark Pavlidis of Flixel Photos, keynote speaker Georgia Dow, and yours truly. There will be pizza and beer and a cover of $5 to get you through the door, a very small price to pay for a great evening of learning and socializing. Please visit bit.ly slash nlwatch for more information and to RSVP. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we hope to see you there. Now, our special guest for this episode is speaker Ashley Nelson-Hornstein. How are you, Ashley? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Still good. So can you tell us a bit, a little bit more about yourself and where you're from, what you do? Sure. Uh, so like you said, I'm Ashley. I'm from New Jersey. I've been in San Francisco now for four and a half years, uh, but I grew up and went to school on the East Coast. Um, so right now, very, very excited to not be dealing with their weather at all. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but my, hearts go out to, my heart goes out rather to my entire family dealing with that for sure. Um, <laughs> so I work on the iOS team at Dropbox, um, which is a company you've probably heard of. Um, yeah, and maybe. I, I think love so. Dropbox. <laughs> and so our, dro- our mission at Dropbox rather is to basically be the home for your stuff and bring it to life. Uh, and I work on sort of the bring it to life bit. And right now I'm exploring better ways to present the stuff inside of your Dropbox on iOS. And hopefully, you know, hoping to actually ship those ways that make it easier to just find and engage with your content. I, I do use Dropbox and I have been using it for a long time and I do put a lot of stuff in it. And I, I, I run out of space, but then I meet people that work at Dropbox and they give me <laughs> these little cards and I get, you know, storage for free. So I'm like, yay. <laughs> That's awesome. I also use it for my mom. It's my off, it's my cloud backup because she doesn't have, she doesn't have a whole lot of stuff to back up, and it's really easy to just put it into Dropbox and uh, let it sink. And if something ever happens to her computer, well, at least her main stuff like her recipes and her pictures is all safe. Yeah, for sure. I I would imagine most of her stuff is probably photos. Yes. Yeah, yes. for sure. You should yes. you should point it to our Carousel app, which is, um, I think gaining some tractions in the year since it's been introduced. I uh. I sort of just started recently wrapping my head around the concept of using, sorry, to back up a little bit, Carousel is an app we released uh, last April. And the idea is that it has all of your photos um, synced from your iOS device, plus everything that's in your Dropbox. So it could be from you know, other devices. And hmm. it's, it's presented in a timeline-like fashion, which is actually really cool when you think about it. Because think about it, like it, you know, Phil and Dan, you guys go to NS North, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you both want to swap photos, so you airdrop them to each other. Uh, you open up the Photos app, it's like, well, no, Dan took these photos a long time ago. That's what Phil said, right? And it's, why are they showing up at the bottom? Um, and so the nice thing about Carousel, it'll actually show them chronologically, which I think is really cool. Um, ah, okay. And so Diff- that, that's sort of like their big, uh, I would say, win for people. And, of course, it supports AirDrop and all those nice things, so you can really easily share. Yeah, they've actually gotten better on that front, for sure, because... It, it, it's, it started to feel like a closed platform at the beginning. Now they've had easier sharing options. But yeah, that's my little oh, plug for good. Carousel. <laughs> yeah. 
so so are you working on like the next generation of that or um... so i actually work on the dropbox for ios app that was totally an aside uh it's a separate team the photos team works on that um i just Uh. that that whole use case of like um family and particularly non-technology oriented family uh is, I just think so. It resonates so well with Carousel. But the tricky thing is, I think for users, it's it's just you're like, what? I use photos. I don't need Carousel for this. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 trying to get them to think that, yeah, Dropbox is more than, you know, just a storage facility. It's you know, where there's there's different layers. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny you say that because I feel like, you know, since last year, there's been a push. We call it sort of like our chapter two. It's it's like. Um, now that we we hopefully have your best moments, um, what can we do with that? Like, how can we help people make sort of improve people's lives by presenting them all their information? And what can we do now that we already have your photos, your documents, et cetera? What workflows exist there? So I think that's that's sort of like the next mm, roadmap, basically, for the company, figuring that out. And you would say that probably, I mean, I would say that the... Um since there's a, such a variety of data in Dropbox, I mean, people put lots of stuff of, on from lots of origin, not just like, uh, like say Facebook has posts and they have a very definite set of, of metadata they're using. They have their posts, they have their tags, they have their likes, they have their faces and they have their pictures. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm painting a broad picture here, but that's basically what they have. Whereas in Dropbox, there's going to be anything, right? You can put anything that you put on a computer file, you can put in Dropbox. So that variety of stuff might be staggering. Oh, for sure. And it's funny, if you think about that from like a technology perspective as an engineer, it's like the number of cases you get or just like <laughs> file types. And you're like, what? Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's really, I think, sort of when it hits home that there's sort of like no built in support for sort of Apple's documents. And, 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 and yeah, package, indeed. Yeah. You know, and now now that it's changed that they're not uh, package files and they're. Like a sort of like a different flatter file format, I think. Um, yeah, they they moved to a lot of uh, zip files of folders, so that it's essentially a package, but it's all already compressed, so it's a lot more work to get to to the good bits inside. Definitely, it's it's interesting, sort of the user tickets that are submitted for sure. We we definitely have a collection of like these are PDFs, but for whatever reason they don't render and why and yeah, it's it's interesting. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so backing up a little bit further, what, where, where did you get your start into tech and iOS in general? Yeah, for sure. I um, let's see, tech was tech is a, a while ago. I loved video games as a kid. Still do. Still love video games. And so, uh, in in sixth grade, a buddy handed me C plus plus in twenty one days. Uh, that's what you give every friend, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, he he was you know what I would consider ahead of the curve. At that point, he already knew how to put together a computer and. Um, we played like Dreamcast and PC games, um, and I guess he had already been building like little games on the side. So he said, "Hey, you're interested in this stuff? Here's this book." Um, awesome. I didn't get too far. I got to like day eight pointers and sort of hit a brick wall and was like, "What the hell is this stuff?" Um, could not wrap my head around pointers at age eleven. Uh, <laughs> but what's wrong uh, with you? <laughs> honestly, I had those moments of like, "I'm just this is just not for me. I must gotta try something different." We all do. That's the that's the cue. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny you say that though, because I've only realized recently that like we all sort of have these these like I guess imposter syndrome effects on our yeah. brain that that make you feel like you can't do things you can actually do that are totally attainable. But that's yeah, for another story. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I tried web development. I made my friend one of these terrible GeoCities like web pages with the gifs that animated. It was awful. He loved oh yes, it. and the blink tag. Oh, absolutely. And it had like a star background that um. 
would like pulsate. It was absolute trash, and he loved it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just uh, you know went to school. Um, I actually did not want to be a programmer, uh, which I think is in my bio uh, for NS North. I tried really hard. I think after that first experience with with uh, pointers to not be a software developer, um, but I found my way to Apple and as a full-time hire and uh, decided I wanted to code again and make products. Um, that's sort of like a fast-forward, sped-up version of events. But um, right. from there, that, that's where I found out about iOS development, got excited about it, and moved basically from web development to iOS development and sort of never looked back. So when you, when you were at Apple, what, what team were you on, if I may ask? Sure. I was uh, actually on the Apple Online Store team initially. Um, oh, yeah. And that only lasted a couple months. I was lucky enough, basically, to be part of a division that had a rotation program. And so right. I got to come in as a new hire and try things out, which is great because my entire career in technology or interest in technology up to that point had been a bunch of trials. I'd tried web development. I'd tried uh, networking, like <laughs> literally hooking up computers uh, to access the mm. Internet. Um I thought I wanted to actually make games, and so I tried to be like an animation artist. So for me, this program was awesome because I got—I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I tried web development. That lasted literally a couple months uh, before I got entirely sick of dealing with browsers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I picked up uh, what Stephen Cochen's Objective C 2.0, and I think it's Aaron Hillegas, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, his Big Nerd Ranch Guide, and that was it. I, I got hooked. That was a very common theme for people who are uh, starting in uh, in Objective C development, yeah. Coco in particular. Yes, Th those big nerd ranch guides are incredible because, and it's 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 a trend that I'm seeing grow in the industry, and I'm really happy to see it. It's it's such a gentle introduction to things. It's like, you know, build this thing with Interface Builder, and don't really worry about too much about how it works. Just like get things hooked up, and we'll build from there. And eventually, won't even need Interface Builder. And I just thought that was amazing. What I've what I've read every time is like, you you start instead of starting on the ground floor and building a foundation, or even on you know floor number four with C plus plus, you start on like floor twenty seven with uh, with interface builder, and you're already so way up that you you can't help but just think about the bigger picture than just uh, you know the pointers and the the memory management and stuff like that. It's it all becomes secondary. Oh, absolutely, and it's like you know hook the student. You know, create that thirst for learning so that I want to go find out what the pointers are and how the memory is handled and yeah. it, um, really dig into the innards. Uh, but which is when you slap me with that at the beginning, I'm like, what? I if this is day eight, what's day 20 going to be like, you know? Yeah, um, you've lost them already. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like there's been a trend with um, we got Lynda.com now. We have Coursera. There's just so much more access and availability to... Um, programming and technology and so many tutorials online uh, of people breaking down things that have um, traditionally been very difficult to learn or inaccessible or you have these very like rote textbooks and I just think it's just an exciting time for learning in general. I'm thinking about a friend of the show Ray Wendelich as well who has a I believe there's only one Ray, but uh, I think he's got multiple clones <laughs> because that generates a lot of content and it's all really really good quality. So Absolutely. So what what pulled you away from Apple? Did you just need a, a change in pace or? Um... Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, picking back up that story. Um, we've had lots of insides. Um, yeah, I living in San Francisco that entire time. Um, I think it was almost three years at Apple. Basically, I just got sick of the commute. 
I, I really wanted uh. to uh, release software in the App Store, and what I was working on uh, was internal enterprise software. And so I wanted to be in the App Store, and I wanted to find a job in San Francisco. So that sort of took Apple out of the second one, rather, took sort of Apple out of the running. And um, I went to a startup named Circa, where I was lucky enough to be their um, lead iOS developer. So I was the only wow. person on the team <laughs> responsible for the iOS app, which was like amazing. Um, which makes you the lead by default. Actually, yes. <laughs> You're leading yourself. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, that was an incredible experience. It was a startup of just seven people. You know, we had one. Q Sorry, excuse me, one QA, one server, one Android engineer. And um, working in that close proximity on something um, so important to you is just, it's, it's an incredible experience. I think startups, I recommend startups to everyone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If, you, if you can handle the crazy workload, and, uh, but the, 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 the drive is, is uh, pretty incredible to, to, um, to experience, eh? Yeah, for sure. It's like as long as you can find uh, a product you're passionate about and actually want to. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of build your life around it. You almost do, for sure. Yeah. At that point, where you're scratching your own niche, like a lot of people, they, they have their own little pet project that they want to start and they want to make it grow or something. Were you or were you uh, latching onto somebody else's with to help them along? Uh, I was latching onto someone else's. Uh, so actually, I didn't even explain Circa. Circa is a news startup, um, and so the app is. Um, basically a portal to all of our news stories. Um, they, they actually hire journalists who put out um, stories broken down into their like atomic essential points. And so the idea being that as you, we have, the, we have this swipe UI, and so as you swipe, you're getting like a new fact, uh, event, important point about the article. Uh, so it's like a way to quickly catch up, and it's basically news presented on mobile developed by us, because we had our own journalists. Wow. So it's curated news in, in the way that you, you would want to see it. For sure. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that was, I was so into user experience and user interface that being able to just like really focus on that for the time I was there was incredible. I worked directly with our designer and it was just really good experience for sure. And uh, so how, how, how the, the, the team that you're on right now at Dropbox, um, are you on a fairly small sub team, I guess, or are you like in a pretty big group? We're growing. Um, when I joined last year, uh, we were about five, and now we just got our tenth engineer. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, there's definitely plans to grow bigger as well. And of course, I'm like, no, protect the culture. Let's be <laughs> smart about our <laughs> hires, you know. Um, but yeah, we we're growing for sure. Right now, I would consider us small, medium size. I would definitely consider us small if you consider how many users we have. And sort of how gigantic the app is. Yeah. Yeah. Those things grow really fast. It's surprising. Because once you put features in, it's hard to take them out. <laughs> yeah. People notice. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in, in terms of the community aspects, um, do you, um, how, how do you, like, what do you do to participate in the iOS or Mac community? Um, talks. I, I love, uh, last year I got to do a talk in Moscow, actually. Um, and it was oh, entitled uh, Building Quality Code That Lasts, a Dropbox Store. And I can't state enough how tremendous that experience was. It's my first time in Russia and being able to get on stage and talk to a bunch of mobile developers. Um, that must have been awesome. Oh, it was incredible about, you know, sort of what we're doing at Dropbox and how we ensure that the changes that we're making continue pushing the product forward and, and don't sort of slow us down. It was, it was an amazing experience. 
So that's a community that would be halfway around the world for you. But do you have anything local that you're involved <laughs> in as well? Um, well, yeah, NS North. That's uh, that's in April. <laughs> <laughs> I figured anybody who can go to Moscow and talk to uh, Russian developers can probably handle some Canadians. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. Uh, let's see. Last year, I also participated in a roundtable on the Debug Podcast. Um, oh yes. Yeah, it was about extensibility. And it's funny because um, the organizer of the podcast, Guy and Renee, had reached out to the group of us, um, myself, Brian Iris, um, and the person who wrote PCALC, whose name is escaping me, I'm sorry. Uh, I should, James I should Thompson? Not, yes, James Thompson. I should not have started yeah. this list. This is classic, <laughs> this is classic public <laughs> speaking mistake. <laughs> um, we, talked, we talked about extensibility. It's funny because we were trying to figure out like what time would work um, in everyone's schedule. And I... Everyone was like ready to go this week. And I was like, actually, could we move it to next week? And it wound <laughs> up being the next day after WatchKit was announced. So it was like perfect for the podcast. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, we had an awesome time just talking about basically just trying to figure out what the point of WatchKit was and how it fits into Apple. And it, it was perfectly meshed with extensibility. So that was an amazing experience. So I'm assuming you're really excited about WatchKit and what's coming down the, the pipe for the next few months. I, I am. I, I really want a watch. Uh, sorry, an Apple watch. Um, a watch. <laughs> uh, I really want an Apple watch. Um, not sure what I would build with it. I don't feel any clearer than I did in that podcast. Um, but mm. I just love the idea of, I just love the concept of it being paired with my iPhone and sort of giving me quick updates to things and Have you tried to pebble, for instance, or uh... I have not. I had a Fitbit for a short amount of time. Um, right. Yeah. So the, the 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 big experience or use case for you, it's more closer exposure, closer access to your to your information, like like no, notification updates and whatnot. Absolutely, that's um, the killer thing. And the the sports stuff, the the fitness, athletic part of it. Um, uh, general health stuff and health kit and stuff like that. For sure, I I think it's I'm I'm intrigued to see how this um, heart monitor. I think that's what the how that's going to work on the wrist. Um, yeah, because most of the ones I've seen are, are typically around your waist. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, or your chest. Oh, yeah. Sorry, your chest. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and I'm hoping we can move beyond a creepy share your heart with, with your loved one. <laughs> <laughs> Put some more useful things in there. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's funny because when I brought up, oh, you know, what we could do on Dropbox maybe is. Uh, allow you to accept a shared folder invite guy i think it was an astute point but he's like do we really need that and no <laughs> we don't really need that but we probably don't really need any of the things it does um like we didn't really need maybe an ipad or some of the other technologies that have come out but it might just be fun who knows and also once once you have it you you can't really you don't remember how you've ever lived without it it's yeah. one of these things that changes the way you work for sure certainly yeah yeah so when you're not hacking away, uh, development and whatnot, uh, what would you like to do for fun? Um, I'm into reading, trying to read more actual books instead of assorted articles on the Internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny because you feel like really accomplished and then you're like, I didn't, uh, there, I didn't, I don't know. There's something interesting about like sitting down and reading like someone's, if it's a good book, reading like someone's cogent point and like how they got there and their facts and sort of like them laying out all the details on a subject in a way that's not conducive maybe sometimes to like the blogs or articles we read yeah it, it, our, it, it's crazy how our 
culture is now shifting to these like bite-sized chunks of blog posts and whatever else it's like uh, it, it's really transforming how we're even like thinking about things and how we're, we're our perspectives on things like i i don't remember the last time i read a i was able to sit down for a while and read like a, a full novel like it's it's been ages like i i really miss that you know it's uh absolutely it, it's like it's a good obviously a completely different experience and something that you you, you shouldn't put off that's for sure it's nice yeah, it's nice that you're uh that you're trying to get back into that trying it's like i i <laughs> Trying with a capital T. I mean, the, the iPad mini sits right next to the book, and hopefully I reach for the book in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, also, I love sports. So for me, Sunday in the Super Bowl was awesome. So so it's mostly football that you like or the, yeah. like all sports? Yeah, I actually like all sports. Uh, I, I joke that I frequently come back to find my computer, mobile device, whatever, left on ESPN.com. Um <laughs> But yeah, that one specifically. Also, basketball. I actually play in two rec leagues out here. So for one, for two, we play two hand touch football, and the other one is basketball. Um, I also like weightlifting. So just general exercise activity. I like that a lot. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Ashley. What's the best way to get for someone to get in touch with you? Um, At Ashley NH on Twitter. Um, and then also in my bio on Twitter is a link to my blog, which is uh, blog.ashleynh.me. So those are the best ways. Great. Tickets are still available. Be sure to check out our website at nsnorth.ca for all the details. You can also follow us on Twitter at nsnorth. You should also make sure you're on our mailing list, which we use to send important, important announcements. There is a sign-up form for that on our website. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time as we will introduce and you will get to know more about another great speaker. Dan, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, best way on Twitter at underscore Dan Byers. And I'm also available on email anytime, dan at nsnorth.ca. And I'm at, at Philip C on Twitter and I'm phil at nsnorth.ca. See you soon. <laughs>